The mic is hot and the game is on. You're listening to News for the Nation podcast by Aces Nation, where we talk about nutrition, sports performance, the journey of a student athlete, and more. I'm Claire. I'm Zach. Time Time to to level level up. Welcome back, sports fans. Today, we are talking about the pre-workout process, okay? Uh, We are also on IG Live right now, okay? So if you're listening to this uh, later on the podcast, uh, we were live on IG. But speaking of TikTok, you know, let me... That's not the same. Let me just do this pre-workout that's been, you know, thriving through TikTok uh, with honey and salt. Um, wow. Let me just give it the old college try here. Weren't there other things in this nope. pre-workout? Nope. Not the lady who did it first. Why'd you put it on your hand? Because that's what she it did. It. That's what how she did it. And then... Peer pressure. Boom. Look at that salt on top. I want to go home. Boom. <laughs> Mm, delicious. Yum. Deli- anyway. Delicioso. Anyway. <laughs> Go ahead. Keep talking. I'm going to finish it. Okay. Today, like Zach said, we are talking about the pre-workout process. So how to warm up before your workouts, how to warm up before practice, what you need to do to prime yourself, and what to eat before. Because I would say that's probably where I get some of the most asked questions from a nutrition perspective is, what do I eat before a workout? What's the best thing to eat before a workout? How do I feel before a game or a competition? And um, while it does maybe differ for individuals based on like preferences and the type of sport, the duration, things like that, um, there are pretty general recommendations that I think are helpful to the the majority of athletes. So we're going to go through that stuff today. So if you have any questions, um, on our live, we're happy to answer them. And then if you have any questions after and you're watching this on YouTube, feel free to drop them in the comments. Or if you're listening, feel free to email us at cigoe at acesnation.org. Yeah. Cool. Let's get into it. So I think the first thing we should probably talk about um, just really quickly, let's just kind of breeze over this, but it definitely is worth mentioning is the mindset piece um, going into a session, right? Mm -hmm. Is to have um, something positive or constructive that you're thinking about going into that, whether that this is what I want to get out of it or just, you know, kind of thriving in the uh, mentality or the team culture. I think it's important for you to have some type of constructive mindset going into it, knowing that I'm doing this for a, an end goal, right? Like I'm doing this to get better, either to like challenge myself, to be accountable to myself, my teammates, um, to get faster. Like this is a piece in the puzzle of the overall result that I'm going for, right? So I think it's important every workout you go into having that type of mindset. But yeah. just wanted to cover that, you know, at the beginning. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And even kind of just like setting an intention mm-hmm. for your yeah, session. Exactly. Yeah, I think that that's great. And that's important because then you're probably going to get more out of it than Dreading if you don't it. do that. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, planning on the front end of the workout, right? Let's talk about the pre-workout fueling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like I said, it definitely depends on a couple things. The one thing that can pretty much be universal is that athletes should be eating or drinking something before practice. So I know that when I was either when I have worked with athletes and when I was an athlete, um, competing as an athlete, 
there's always those couple of people that are like, I don't need anything before I do it fasted or I have it on empty stomach. And there's a lot of, there's also just a lot of debate in, I think, the fitness world too about fasted workouts versus non-fasted. Yeah, fasted which, state, um, like cardio or yeah, whatever is which, a big topic. Yeah, which long story short, it doesn't change anything. It doesn't necessarily elicit a better outcome. So especially when we're talking about competitive athletes that are looking for a performance outcome, you need to be eating or drinking something before practice and competition. So like I said, depending on the time uh, that you have your practice or how much time you have available, that'll probably determine or change the recommendation in terms of the size of what you're eating, maybe the type of what you're eating and the timing of it. Mm -hmm. So general recommendations are pretty straightforward and easy to understand. Uh, we typically want something that's high in carbohydrates because that's going to be the most readily available source of energy yeah. for the majority of athletes. Um, and that's typically going to match the energy system that most of these athletes are going to be using in practice. So the typical recommendation is about 30 to 60 grams of carbs, 30 to 60 minutes before practice or competition. So again, that could change depending on the size of the athlete. So if we've got like a, you know, D1 defensive lineman and they're a large person, then maybe they need, they need more, more than 60 grams of carbs before. <laughs> yeah. um, whereas if we've got, you know, a 10 year old that's, you know, 80 pounds, maybe we need about 15 grams of carbs. Right. Or maybe, again, we're looking at somebody who never eats something before practice. Maybe we're just going to go with a couple sips of Gatorade before. Mm -hmm. um, so it depends on, on that type of thing, the size, maybe the hunger level. So again, if somebody's not hungry before, or if somebody notices themselves getting hungry during a practice, maybe we need to look at the size of the snack that we're eating right before. Right. The type of activity. Um, so like I said, most of the athletes that we work with, especially in more of these like sport-based activities are going to want to fuel with carbohydrates before. We want to keep fat and fiber minimal because that can just cause some GI issues. Um, and we don't want to have to run sprint to the bathroom in the middle <laughs> of practice. Nope. Although if you really don't like competing in your sport or if you just don't like practice, maybe that's a good excuse to get out of it. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> we can have a little bit of protein in it, but again, protein is digested pretty slowly and we don't get any energy from it unless we're really in a state of starvation. So we don't want to rely on protein either. If the type of activity is maybe they're in the weight room and it's right before a, a session that you've scheduled for them or that you've programmed for them, maybe we can add a little bit of protein and fat because the intensity isn't as high. They're not running up and down unless they're doing like a field workout. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe their body can tolerate that a little bit more because the session might be longer. It's lower intensity. Maybe they find that they're getting hungry. Yeah. In the middle. Also, if you're in the weight room, I'm sure a bathroom is a little closer than it would be out on the field. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I, ideally, we're if if we're eating the right kind of proportions of these things, we shouldn't have to be running to the bathroom. Right, right, right. In the middle. Um, so that's that's recommendations before, and then in terms of meals, you want your last meal prior to uh, practice or competition to be about three hours before. And that can be just a normal meal in terms of you want a good balance of carbs, fat, protein, and color from, from fruits and vegetables. So, yeah.
that's about it. Obviously, some factors might change that. It depends on certain things, but those are the general recommendations that are, I would, I would say they're pretty easy to incorporate. Yeah. Um, let's say early morning workout mm -hmm. meal is way longer than three hours ago. Mm -hmm. Um, and you're one of those people who just doesn't wake up in time to eat a meal yeah. before the workout. What's a, what's a quick, quick snack that can hit that for you? Yeah. So in that case, I would say just obviously the meal is skipped and just opt for that 30 to 60 grams of carbs, 30 to 60 minutes before. Um, I would say for the most part, you're waking up 30 minutes before because Hopefully. you might have to, to drive to practice. Um, if you're not, then two things you could do is like I mentioned earlier, you might want to opt for more of the fluid based mm -hmm. option. So maybe just a couple sips of Gatorade. I remember I would do that sometimes before cross country. If I knew that like either we had like a really hard workout and my stomach just wasn't going to be able to tolerate something. Yeah. Um, I would have like a couple sips of like Gatorade or fruit juice, like okay. apple juice or something. Yeah. I would avoid orange juice because it's hot, very acidic. So you might have some like acid reflux and mm -hmm. stuff and that's not fun. Um, or the other thing that I've had some athletes do is kind of like backload their carbohydrates the day before. So having like a pretty high carb snack, with some protein before bed can be helpful to kind of, you know, like replenish those glycogen stores and top them off mm -hmm. the night before. Yeah. And that way you can kind of wake up and, and just go maybe drink some water, have some sips of water and stuff. So you rehydrate after, after night. Um, but that could be another helpful, um, strategy for athletes that just can't tolerate anything in the morning or that just don't make the time. Cause it's not, they don't have time. They don't make the time. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a good point. I think overall, you have time for what you make time for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I recommend in terms of like examples. Um, the night before you do like some overnight oats, that's an easy one or like a bowl of oatmeal, maybe throw some protein powder in it or like, um, some sort of make it with milk instead of water. So you get a little protein. Um, some other things you do like a granola bar, protein bar, you can do a uh, yogurt parfait. You can do that like yogurt bark mm -hmm. with stuff on it. Man, so your toppings, um, really anything like that, maybe some like crackers and cheese, crackers and peanut butter. Yeah. Um, so just something that's relatively high in carbs, but not necessarily just carbs. That's cool. Good. What about, what about you? Wait, what do you recommend? Wait, what about, what about supplements? What do you mean? You know, Pre-workout supplements. <laughs> Pre-workout supplements. Um, I would say for the majority of the athletes we work with, I would rather they eat food um, versus take supplements. Um, I think a lot of times the the supplements that are taken are uh, caffeine, mm -hmm. and it's not going to give you energy. It will maybe help you focus. It's a stimulant, so you feel like more focused and alert. Um, but I would say only maybe take that if you're over 18 because otherwise it might affect you differently just because research isn't really done in, in younger yeah. athletes. Um, and I would look at your diet first. So if you're not eating something before a practice or a workout, start there. And then if you still feel like you need some, some sort of pre-workout, go for it. Um, some things that might be helpful, like separate from like a mixed pre-workout, you could do like a beetroot juice, um, some sort of vasodilator. So like that, uh, beta alanine, 
um, something like that to help just with like blood flow. Um, but caffeine can help, but I think it needs to be used strategically and I would be wary of using it with younger athletes. Yeah. I mean, also it could upset your stomach as well. It could. Yeah. yeah. If you're not used to it, it also, it would maybe depend on what form you take it in terms of like, are you drinking it in coffee? Are Correct. you taking it as a pill? Are you taking it in a powder? Yeah. Um, don't dry scoop your pre-workout, please. Why not? It's, that's just, so the consequences that I know from that is one, it's a very like concentrated dose and for, depending on how much caffeine is in there, that's a lot of stress on your heart, hmm. can be a lot of stress on your heart. Yeah. And it, that's not what it's intended for. So just mix some water. In it. <laughs> just mix the water. Just mix it in there. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, from a nutrition perspective, that's it. Um, I think, again, it's relatively easy to get some some sort of food in you before a workout. So um, just make the time for it. Yeah. You know, if you're driving to practice, walking to practice, whatever, you, you have to get to practice somehow. Right. So just stash some granola bars in your bag and try and eat some of that before. Yeah. And stuff like that's easy on the yeah. go. And, mm -hmm. and you're pretty used to it. And I think it's made so that you can digest it pretty easily. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, that's good information. Honestly, like I, I agree with you. I think the, you know, you got to start using carbohydrates as your fuel and not thinking that caffeine is going to give you quote unquote energy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so. it's a supplement for a reason, and and it can be helpful. You mm -hmm. know, it, it has been shown to be helpful in both strength-based workouts and sports yeah. and endurance sports. So there's definitely a time and a place for it. Right. It just shouldn't replace eating. Yeah, it's helpful and very delicious. Yeah. People, people enjoy it, right? Um, hot and cold. But, um, <laughs> yeah, you should definitely take that that food first, right? Because that food is what's going to fuel you mm -hmm. um, on the front end and, and, and on the back end. But from an exercise perspective or just from a physical perspective, I would just, well, I want to reiterate the fact that you need to warm up thoroughly, right? Mm -hmm. And warming up does not mean static stretching, I right? I mean, <laughs> there, there's great research out there to show you that static stretching before a workout can decrease your power output, which is not what you want, right? Like I don't want my muscles to be working less effectively mm -hmm. after my warm up because that's what your warm up is should be designed to do to help your body work more effectively while you're actually trying to focus on practice or a lift, anything that's technique based that you need some coordination for. Um, you want your body to be at its best when you're doing mm -hmm. those things. I mean, especially because you warm up before games and you want your body to be great before games, right? And so mm -hmm. I, I just would discourage static stretching before you go into exercise. Mm -hmm. If you want to do it post-exercise or at the end of the day or something like that, I think that's fine. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I'm not going to lie and say that I'm not, I'm not really big on the whole aspect the team aspect of static stretching i think on an individual basis i think it's warranted you know for the right reasons i think if you maybe need to loosen your body up because you're extra tight to get you to a place where you can do that mm -hmm. um, or to have that range of motion you should do that you should focus on it uh, i think from a team perspective maybe it's not the best use of your time before a game mm -hmm. um, just because of the research what you think your goal is or mm -hmm. what you think the result of that static stretching before game 
it's probably not what you're thinking what you think it is mm -hmm. um because you may have not looked into research yeah. with static stretching before activity how would you like maybe approach that that topic or that conversation with a coach a strength and conditioning coach or a sport coach that are very set in their ways of well it hasn't hurt us up until now and we're winning so why would i change what i'm doing well the great bob Alejo, uh <laughs> has told us or me before and um, other people on the strength and conditioning staff at the time is like if you're making your decisions for exercises or movements or drills just based on the fact that it doesn't hurt mm -hmm. you're not making the best decision out there like mm -hmm. um yeah yeah it's it's not yeah, smart leave it there yeah, yeah. it's yeah. not smart um you know there's a difference between common practice and best practice yeah and you should always take the approach to do the best practice mm -hmm. which means you have to do some type of research or you need to look into things a little bit more mm -hmm. also you have to take some um, reflection or some inventory about is this drill the best for my time for my athletes for the result that we're looking for right you mm -hmm. need to make the best decisions based on your situation and you know, you have to be real with yourself because sometimes it's not what you would normally want to do. Um, but that being said, choose what's best for your situation, for your athletes, for um, your coaching ability, which I think is a huge one too. You don't, you can't just throw something in there that you don't know about and you don't know how to coach, right? right. So I think that's also another point there. But uh, to confront that that coach, I would definitely bring research. And then I would bring reason into it. Like like the, the point you mentioned, if you're just doing something because it won't hurt, well, that's that's not a smart way to form your whole plan, your mm -hmm. periodization, your development. Like, right. like if you're a soccer uh, coach, like are you, you know, throwing football before practice, you know? Because it won't hurt. You know, because it, it, it won't hurt. And sure, it may actually yeah. warm you up if your guys are out there, if your athletes are out there running routes, throwing right. passes from the goalkeeper. But Yeah, but it goes back to like setting yeah. the intention. Like, yeah. is that going to fulfill the intention of the practice? Right. Probably no, it's not. not. It's not, right? Because then at the sudden, like all of a sudden, I guess in that situation, it takes your mind away from what you're trying to do. So yeah. um, going back to warm-ups in particular, you want to make sure that you are increasing blood flow um, so that you're able to get more nutrients um, like oxygen, um, any of those, um, just any nutrients that would fuel your muscle and help your body be a little more efficient. So increase the blood flow. That's like general locomotion stuff. Typically how things start off, you know, you go with a jog, a back pedal, you go with like a, a high side shuffle, maybe a karaoke, you know, you just do something to get your blood flow going, get your body moving a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, you also want to make sure you're moving through dynamic ranges of motion. Obviously, we talked about not doing static stretching, but you want to make sure that you're taking your body through ranges of motion that you're going to experience in the game or maybe even like further that than you would typically experience because you might experience something else. Like when people go to slow down sometimes, or uh, sometimes they drop into these really big lunge positions, right? Mm -hmm. Well, if it's if it's typical and it can happen in your sport, you definitely should uh, take account of that, right? Um, I think another thing 
you should also do um, because of these warm ups here, you should make them a little more intense as you go. So it needs to be progressive. I mentioned just general locomotion, right? Obviously, then you're probably going through some type of um, dynamic ranges of motion, like was the next one. And then you need to ramp it up, right? Whether that's revisiting locomotion um, at a higher speed um, or and then getting into things that are specific, like preparing your um, lower leg and your ankle complex for and your foot for strikes on the ground, right? Uh, to have quick reaction, uh, ground reaction times off the ground to um, prepare your body for large uh, outputs of uh, power, like um, jumping or something like that. Do some broad jumps, some vertical jump, maybe do some skips. Uh, maybe you need to do some things that are rhythmic because it's going to, that's how your body is going to um, experience force and experience movement out there maybe there needs to be a rhythmic element to it and then also there needs to be like a high speed element to it as well because sports happens at a high speed especially when you're competing so you need to have that element i also think for younger ages warm-ups are a great way to just develop coordination develop skill like movement skill so there could be things in there that really not necessarily like challenge them in like a, this is super advanced way, but it challenges them to just move their body and figure things out, right? Like have these movement solutions, you know, that they need to, have, that they just need to figure out in these. I mean, and warmups can be fun too. They don't have to be, uh, they don't have to be the set drills all the time, right? They can be a little bit of competition. Maybe there's mm -hmm. like a, uh, maybe there's like a, at the end, there's a tag component or a, uh, yeah. you know, like a waterfall sprint acceleration mm -hmm. type of thing where you're reacting to somebody, you're trying to beat them, right? Yeah. So I, I think that those things can kind of throw into that, but definitely you want to increase your uh, tissue temperature because it makes your muscles a little more pliable, uh, mm -hmm. your soft tissue a little more pliable so that you're able to move through ranges of motion. So that's like getting your heart rate up. That's uh, getting a little bit of a sweat in, right? Those things allow your muscles to be a little more uh, flexible or pliable for competition there yeah definitely increase the intensity um right and go through dynamic ranges of motion prepare your body to actually do what it needs to do so having those specific elements that increase in intensity at the very end and you know you should be a little bit tired at the end right you should feel like hey man like mm -hmm. that was a good warm-up you know yeah you then you got sweating. the yeah and then you have the time to recover you know get a sip of water yeah. And then, you know, boom, you're into your first drill or, you know, you're into more specific types of uh, like actual skill training or you're going into the lift, right? If it's mm -hmm. as a warm up in the weight room, you know, I mean, those things obviously look different, you know, if you're, you're not out on a field, you're in the weight room, but mm -hmm. they should still incorporate the same elements because that's what a good warm up does. Right. 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 If you had to give athletes just like a bare bones, basic example of a warm-up like just run through maybe what that would look like with specific maybe exercises uh field or weight room uh let's do field okay field um man this is this is very typical but uh i would jog back pedal um what i would call heel to heel or it's like a really tall uh side shuffle mm -hmm. um so legs are straight you're really trying to cover ground with your legs straight uh then i would karaoke um then i might low skip which is like not really it, it's just kind of like a casual skip you know just mm -hmm. trying to prepare your your ankle and your calves a little bit more uh and then i would do the reverse of that right so just get a different directionality of it um mm -hmm. and then after that i'd go into um probably something like cradle uh pull 
Um, I do like a, a skit or a, sorry, a scoop or something for my hamstring, uh, going down, um, quad pull, um, maybe a straight leg kick, um, like a Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's like a side to side type of lunge where it's a little bit of groin uh-huh. adductor type of stretching, right? Where there's still some elements of a side shuffle in between it. Um, I do like a walking world's greatest. If you don't know what that is, um, check out our YouTube page. Mm-hmm. We definitely have that on there. And then after that, I might revisit the the jog uh, backpedal stuff again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm going into um, a skips, um, maybe some high knees. I'll definitely do reverse run on the way back. I think it's just, again, a different little element there. Uh, maybe some low shuffle or some um, side shuffle to squat elements there um this is bare bones yeah 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 wow. it's thorough yeah it is um um some jumps right a couple uh broad jumps uh some vertical jumps some lateral bounds or some lateral push to base type of work mm-hmm. and then let's do some sprint starts at the very end do some forward ones do some lateral ones um yeah just kind of set yourself up for it okay. i mean you can also like challenge yourself to sprint and then slow down into deceleration, which I think would even further prepare you for what you might experience in your sport. Yeah. So bare bones, that's it. I mean, that probably mm-hmm. takes like, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes to, to yeah. do uh, appropriately, depending on how long you're going. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I would say. What about weight room? Uh, weight room, pretty, uh, pretty simple. I got a good one. Uh, scissors, again, find it on YouTube. Uh, mm-hmm. Some people call it Ollie shuffle, whatever. Um, jumping jacks, then, no, uh, sorry, scissors, Skip in place, jumping jacks, dynamic squat, which is kind of like jumping jacks, but you just drop into a squat and then tap your toes closer together. Uh, then I'd go into like a lateral lunge from there for the adductor. Um, then I would go uh, good mornings, body weight, good mornings. Then I do uh, straight leg kicks or Frankensteins again. Uh, maybe throw in jumping uh, jumping jacks again or like seal jacks, which some people call them uh, – yeah, yeah, seal jacks is what they call them. I call them cross jacks because you cross your arms and your legs at the same time, and then you get back out to that star okay. position, right? Um, yeah. Then after that, I probably do about five push-ups or eccentric push-ups, go into world's greatest, and do a reverse lunge with the overhead reach, and then maybe do a wide stance rotation. Again, if you don't know what those are, go look at our YouTube page, mm-hmm. uh, reverse lunge with the overhead reach, and wide stance rotation are the ones I mentioned at the end mm-hmm. that you may not know of. Yeah, that would be bare bones. And then we go right into our like activation, like pre-lift stuff yeah. after that. Yeah, thank you for joining. Uh, thanks everybody for listening here. Uh, it was great. If you have any questions about workouts, you know, uh, let us know on any way you can find us, email, social media, you know, uh, YouTube. Make sure you like, subscribe, follow. Yeah, if you found this helpful, All let that us stuff. know. If you, if you liked it, if you want to learn about anything else, let us know. Yeah. Awesome. We'll catch you on the next one.